Brace yourself, Robin. You're about to listen to the masters of the obvious. This dynamic duo will give you the sudden and strangest feeling that you are about to be utterly and madly carried away. But beware, they are criminals. They are filthy outlaws and indeed are not masters in the least. I have rarely met two girls with such potent arguments, and yet are inept fools. But if you like interviews, zany antics, and bad puns, then stay tuned. Same bat time, same bat channel. Welcome to episode 23 of Masters of the Obvious. I'm Kirsten Bozio. And I'm Cynthia Rose. On today's pod, we have an interview with Director of Marketing at Drop Labs, Angela Wynn. We talk about being a woman in tech, the Asian American experience, and surviving the fashion industry. And Kirsten and I discuss nerd news and play Factor Fiction, Joss Whedon edition. I'm scared. <laughs> but first, we'd like to remind you to go to mastersoftheobvious.com. We have merch for sale. And if you'd like to support this pod and take advantage of free shipping in the U.S., well, we really appreciate you. And hey, you're looking good today. Want snacks? You can check out our shop and show your support at mastersoftheobvious.com. Coaching, Cynthia. That's me. That's you. Um, I'm so glad you clarified that because I get confused sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you been up to? Have you been watching or reading? Um, oh my gosh, I watched Moxie on Netflix. <gasps> oh, that's 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 produced by you, right? That's you produced me so by much of Amy Poehler. <laughs> one Miss Amy Poehler. I loved it. Oh my god! And if you don't think that I cried when the teenage band of girls played Bikini Kill and the Muffs. Uh, just like I did when I was their age, then do you even know me? Because I fucking cried and cried. R.I.P. the Muffs. Oh, um, my God. R.I.P. Kim Shattuck. Yeah. Amy Poehler has been killing it. Oh, my God. And yeah. Amy's been killing it from like Russian Doll to this. And I even like her cartoon, Mighty B, which didn't really get, I think I only got like oh, one season, but it was delightful. I didn't see that. But I do love that she does, in a way, address how, um, in, in Moxie, um, her, her, I thought this was kind of cute. Her daughter in the movie asks her if she regrets her riot girl years where she got in trouble a lot. And she's like, you know, I don't, I don't regret my past. I just think that maybe the only thing I regret is not being more inclusive. And I think mm. that's, that's a shout out to either her personal uh, critiques of her comedy and, and all of that. thought that was pretty interesting. I, you know, I, maybe you feel similarly, but I definitely get that. I feel like I look back on some of my feminist ways and it was very rooted in the old school rad femme ideology. And now I'm much more inclusive. I'm just like, Ooh, yikes, pussy hats. Ah, no, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I don't feel like that. And maybe that's just a product of where I grew up. And I had those thoughts as a kid. Cause I, I mean, 
I grew up basically everyone was was black or white. So like that was definitely, but you know, being a white person, you're just problematic to begin with. So I feel like going through some sort of journey and exploration when it comes to that stuff, especially like the more turfy side of things. Like I didn't mm-hmm. really realize how turfy a lot of feminism is. I didn't, I didn't realize it either. Um, because for me that didn't, play into it because for me my whole like that whole experience like if you played a video of me as a kid being a a little riot girl it was me and my female friends which also included trans women like so I mean it was it never played like that for me so I didn't under even understand that that was a thing for people that's totally fair I've only now begun to explore my gender and let me tell you it's not all woman um but I think especially since my trans um cousin came to recover with us and then of course my child coming out as trans himself I definitely have re-examined how like especially how vagina like vulva centric my feminism is how like (laughs) like oh only women women this and I just I think when you're when you grow up especially in the midwest where women are um hated you tend to cling a little too hard to that identity without realizing how toxic it could be right sort of like a fuck you this is good no matter what you tell me but then pushing that narrative too hard is is can be not inclusive writing a a best-selling children's books about wizards and (laughs) it it really snowballs um yeah i've been i've been staying busy the biggest thing right now is i've been rewatching discovery star trek discovery holy freaking balls okay i to be fair i was in and out of that show before but it is literally so gorgeous the makeup the costumes the sets the the dialogue is on point it really trumps star wars i hate to say it i mean i don't hate to say it because i've always thought that trek was better than star wars but it really is beautiful and it opens up with a scene of two women who women it's got michelle yo in the first couple um episodes uh the lead is also in walking dead um and but but Oh, don't don't ask me that. I'm not good with names. It's not Danny, uh, is it? Who is it? Um, she's great. Uh, she plays Michael Burnham. Um, she's the main character, and Michelle Yeoh is the captain in the beginning. And Jason Isaacs, um, is the captain of the Discovery, who's a hottie with a body. I really hope he's not bad. Um, but part of the reason why I started rewatching it is because I started talking with um, Blue DeBario, who plays Adira. Um, we've talked about Adira on the pod before as an, um, they're a non-binary character in the show. And I had no idea, but they were following Tiny Bangs this whole time. Aww. And I just reached out and they were like super down. So hopefully we'll have them on as a guest soon. I'm very excited. And they're also pretty young. I think this is like their first real acting gig on the screen, which is a, a major acting gig as part of star trek Mm. um so that's going to be a really exciting interview i can't wait for that that's going to be super fun um have you been have you caught up with falcon and winter soldier at all i still haven't made it past the first episode that's fair that's very fair yeah i don't i don't fault you at all for that i gotta say man i know i didn't want to go episode for episode on the podcast but that last episode had my fucking jaw on the floor is it three or four One, two, I want to say four. Listen, y'all could do your own research. But I will say, I I know (laughs) you haven't seen it, so I'm not going to fucking spoil it. But holy shit. It got better or worse? I don't know. I don't know. I heard that three was rough. 
Um, I three was it just was sort of meh, but I did three was fun. Um, and I'll talk about why and in, in our toasts and roasts that I have. Um, mm. But uh, I will say that seeing I'm all I'm going to say is seeing the shield used that way fucking floored me. And I might be a, <gasps> I a might, charcuterie board. I might be a mark and that's fine, but it fucking had me shook. That's all I'm going to say. Oh my gosh. Uh, meats and cheeses and crackers. Mm. It's like a fucking adult lunchable. Little, little fig jam. Mm. Um, sh- or they call them a charcuterie board. A charcuterie. A charcuterie board. A charcuterie. A Yeah. It comes from the region of sparkling charcuterie. Do you want to go into some nerd news? Yeah. We had a death in the nerd family. Not our family, but our nerd, the I nerd just, family. Oh, I was like, oh my God, am I doing this posthumous? <laughs> R.I.P. Kirsten! Post hummus, which means that I died eating hummus. Right, which goes with the charcuterie board. <laughs> it does. Um, Joy Hummel? I'm, yeah, I'm probably yeah. fucking up that pronunciation, but she was the first female writer of Wonder Woman. Well, think why couldn't she have died before 1984 came out? I think that's what killed her. I think that is what killed her. Patty Mm -hmm. Jenkins, you have a death to answer for. Got some blood on your hands. Got some real blood on your hands. Patricia. Patricia. (laughs) Patricia. Yeah, that's a freaking bummer. Um, Yeah, yeah, I don't know what to say about that other than I'm really sad. I definitely read her work before and was a fan. Super sad. In exciting news. What? Um, Oscar nominated director of Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennel, is writing. Oh my God. What? I don't think I've ever said this comic character's name out loud. So I don't know how to say it. Zatanna? Zatanna? Yeah. I almost said Zatanna. You I don't actually know. said it better than I did. But then again, I read, th- I read this more than I say it out loud or hear it. So Emerald is writing the Zatanna movie for dc and jj abrams bad robot is producing (laughs) okay it's a mixed bag we'll see what happens yeah um i can't wait for patty jenkins to get involved um maybe maybe she'll she'll i mean it's dc snyder might like (laughs) stick his dumb hands in it oh my god let's snyder cut off that guy's i mean have you seen promising young women no we talked about this it's a little too triggering for me right um i watched it uh, right before i worked with jennifer coolidge and um wow who is an icon by the way who is the sweetest lady and i was blown away such a good movie but absolutely uh, you know all the feels and all the bad feels and um what i thought was particularly interesting about the movie if i could bring this up for a second is that a lot of people talk about a fact like why was she so upset about her friend's death it's just a friend but i feel like people if it's not romantic love people really fucking discredit it and i feel like that's what right. makes them- if it's not steve trevor right it's not steve trevor, that's just it like steve trevor for 100 for years your friend dies maybe 10 years ago and you're just supposed to fucking get over it like you know I- they say that um i know this isn't quite like dying but uh they say that friend breakups can be just as hard as divorces yes and i feel like that's the kind of thing that i want to see more in movies I don't, I don't in, in <laughs> real should, life that's what i want to see more in real life goodbye <laughs> should, um call this quits and see how who gets what and then the write boss. a movie about it so. then, uh, no not promising women you know women who made no promises and delivered <laughs> unpromising old woman <laughs> 
So the old lady by the sea minus another woman who was also by a sea. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I do. Uh, anyway, movie is great. See it if you're not if you're not too triggered. We got by some it. more exciting uh, women news. Yes, Phoebe Waller Bridge is starring in the next Indiana Jones movie with Harrison Ford. Fucking hell, my body is ready. Giddy oh. up, giddy up. Fleabag is amazing. Okay. By the way, Hot Priest played Moriarty in Sherlock Holmes, the oh. BBC series. Okay. And I've always had a boner for him, so oh, I'm like man. excited. I was excited about that show, but I don't. It probably won't be in this. It be, would be funny if he stand, he showed up as Indiana Jones. <laughs> Like, just, hey, it's it's priest with a whip. Oh my god. Oh my god, please, priest with a whip. <laughs> anyone have any recommendations to anything with priests with whip, whips? I would be much obliged. Let's anyway. see if they make that happen for you. But yeah, did you see her in the Harry Styles video as well? Which one? I could Google it right now, but it was so good. I do love Harry Styles. I am not ashamed. Um uh, that one he had one that came out that was like a bi anthem and I was like, yes. He's getting like felt up by hot men and hot women. And I'm just like, listen, it was called uh, treat people with kindness, treat people with kindness. What a, what a, it was like that name, such a delightful song. It was such a delightful song. It was exactly what I needed for 2020. It was, it was great. Okay. I'll have to check it out. I do. I do. I do dabble in the styles. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna, we gotta get into some satire, right? This isn't satire. It's just, it's actually real. And I can't fucking understand how it's real. I read this on Twitter and I was just like, the fuck? The fuck? Well, share the fucks with me. Okay. So right wing conspiracy theorist Steve Quayle warns Jim Baker's audience that nasal tests for COVID-19 are a part of a plan to obtain (laughs) DNA samples. I'm not. Okay. It keeps going to obtain DNA samples to be used in the creation of targeted biological weapons. It keeps going. That will turn everyone into flesh eating zombies. They had this on the show on the air. They aired this for boomers. No, this was real. This seems real to me. Fucking the, I mean, like, I can just imagine a bunch of Hey, when the flesh-eating zombies show up, we'll see who's really laughing. I mean, Steve Quayle's gonna fucking just be pointing fingers and saying, I told you so. Any relation to the other famous Quayle? I fucking hope so. It is spelled the same way. It is. Um, I do love birds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But birds are what? Not real. <laughs> replaced by surveillance cameras mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. after Watergate, I believe, in the Nixon oh, administration. Okay, okay. Um, and they've been watching us, and so they, they the work not, for the bourgeoisie. So the in the not the bourgeoisie, the birds aren't real. The birds aren't real. So this uh, happened in the not too distant past. So before Watergate, the birds were real. The birds aren't real. They work for the bourgeoisie. <laughs> you see? Let's do this. Let's get into some toast and roast. Okay. I'm going to give my first toast and my first toast is to <laughs> fuck me. I'm such an asshole to Maybelline Superstay matte ink lipstick. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. So they did a line with Marvel. The colors are pretty. It's fucking amazing. And they don't fucking come off underneath your mask. And to they me, super stay. They fucking super stay. They super stay to the point where if you try and take it off before bed, it's just not happening. You're just sleeping glamorous. Like, that's it. Forevs. Uh, I'm on board. And then I've got the cute little one. It's got like Spider-Man on it. And then another cute one with like other 
There, there's some WandaVision makeup out right now, too, isn't there? It's just like a line for Ulta. I feel like it's just, um, um, I don't feel, I don't know if it's actual makeup or if it's just like accessories. Oh, what if like, it's actually nothing? That's the whole point. It's WandaVision. <laughs> it's just, you have, it's, you have to manifest it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to roast North Carolina. Okay. They um, have a bill that's um, that would require any government agent, including teachers and any other public school officials to, quote, immediately notify in writing each of the minor's parents, guardians or custodians if a minor exhibited gender nonconformity. What the fuck? Like. You're, you're, Wait, this is like the plot to X-Men. It's like your little girl got a short haircut, gotta notify you. Like, I don't, like, wow. That it's could such a, really put some trans people in danger as well. It's fucking insane. And what is considered gender nonconformity? To me, it feels like it's going to be more so targeted at boys hunt. because, or or even trans women, because... If you're just a tomboyish girl, that's totally par mm. for the course now. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, especially with non-binary folks too, like what do you even, what even qualifies as gender nonconformity when gender is a concept anyway? Yeah. It's fucking mind boggling. And but it's, I also could see this being weaponized against just kids they straight up don't like. Yeah. 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 It's just so broad and so unfucking believable. I, I'm, we we should also talk about the fact that trans people especially kids are the new cultural scapegoat yeah after marriage equality this is who they're going after okay it's like okay cool children (laughs) yeah exactly bush went after you know do you 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 support gay marriage they're gonna fuck up your it's gonna fuck up your marriage and now that that ship has sailed they're like okay but we'll let's go after these kids this will be our culture i find it really ironic that someone named bush something that i enjoy would be so against what I enjoy. The irony. The irony is not lost on me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, let's let's do a toast. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Jacinda, the main lady in New Zealand. Was she a private main lady? Main lady. Who is that? Isn't that the her? I thought that was Rose MacGyver. Yeah, no, she's the uh, prime minister. Is that what they have there? They have a queen. What the fuck is it? I don't know. They, got, a, they got the main lady. She uh, she just hiked the minimum wage to $20 an hour and and raise taxes on the wealthy by 39%. Sheesh. That's good. As it could, honestly, it could be even better, but I'm really into that on yeah. a federal level. She's uh, killing it over there. Uh, I know, I'm not excited to hear this next roast that you have. <laughs> I'm going to roast the... Uh, the Baja Blast. What? I had the Bob. I had a Baja Blast for the first time, and I gotta say, I'm Put not your impressed. Gun away! You're pointing it at my face. <laughs> really, this roast is for my Taco Bell here in Palm Springs. They didn't have my drink, and they recommended this one to me, and I'm fucking am none. Was it regular Baja Blast? It was just a regular Mountain Dew, and then he didn't have it. And then... Wait, it wasn't Baja Blast. It no, no, no. What I wanted was a regular Mountain Dew, and they didn't have Ew. it. Okay, yeah, we're gonna toss this one right out if you're going for a regular Mountain Dew. And then they were like, "Well, we have this," and I'm like, "Okay, I guess that's similar." And then I drank it, and I was like, "I, I don't like, understand." That's the most Gen X moment thing ever. They're like, "They're like, well, we have this beautifully roasted craft coffee." 
Not my Keurig. <laughs> Where's my Folgers crystals? <laughs> Where's my my Sanka? My cup of Sanka's choice. What is the one? The what is the international? A I want my Lucky Strikes. Ooh, non-filtered Lucky Strikes. Look, mm. I mean that packaging though. I mean, that's what they base the candy cigarettes off of. I know. That's how they got me, them bitches. So, <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> well, you want to go harder on your candy cigarettes? Maybe try <laughs> real cigarettes. Um, I got a good, I got a good toast. Okay, I'm gonna toast Marvel. Oh, okay. Um, finally, a non-toxic fan cry for a cut that we actually want, and Marvel obliged. Wait, they obliged. They obliged. We got the Zemo cut. Marvel <laughs> released an hour-long video of Zemo dancing, and for those of us that saw the last episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, we fucking know why. He's um Hydra, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, let's, 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 let's do some roasting. Okay. I got one last roast and I'm going right. to roast frat boys. Wait, can I do my frat boy impression? Please. Hey bro, I'm, it's Chad, Chad McCarlson the third. And you don't know who the fuck you're talking to. Step the fuck up. I'm from Laguna beach and my dad invented rape. <clears throat> hey, yeah, I'm Chad, Chad McCarlson the first. We skipped a generation because of rape and uh, my son's right. And if you want to catch any waves on this sweet, sick board, then you better step the back down. I know Matt Gates. <laughs> Mm, very well done. Thank you. Thank you. Catch both Chad Mikhail McChattersons on the next episode of the OC. <laughs> so I just want to say, come fucking Chad, come get your boy Matt Gates. Because okay. yeah, what the fuck did he do this time? This fucking loser asked for a well, first of all, he asked for a pardon from Trump before Trump left the White House and he fucking got <laughs> rejected. He got rejected. Even the my pillow guy gets gets props from Trump. And then <sighs> and now he's using his investigation against him for sex trafficking as a fundraiser strategy. Whoa, what? Yeah, he's a piece of shit. And he showed naked pics of ladies he slept with to colleagues on the fucking floor of the house. How did he, like, on his phone? Yeah. Did he have, like, a pull-out thing on his wallet? <laughs> just a Polaroids. Just a fucking flip book of Polaroids. No, he's yeah, on his like phone. A, he's got one of those, like, Nickelodeons that he, like, cranks. <laughs> no, he's one of yours. He's a millennial. <laughs> oh, ew. Why? What am I, get, it, get it away from me. Um. So, <laughs> millennial gates away. The millennial gate. <laughs> get him away from me. <laughs> I just want to say, he is not the exception to the rule. He is prime frat boy. You know how my daddy is material. Like, this guy he is. Probably a, hangs out with Brett Kavanaugh. Yes, exactly. Like, it's time we shut these fucking. Rock Turner. Yeah, it's time we shut these fucking frats down. There's nothing wrong with boys clubs to a certain degree. There's non-problematic ones out there, but there's like a systematic problem with, yeah, the with these. I mean, like when you think of frats, what do you think of? You think of rape. You think of you think of privilege. When you think of sororities, uh, pop collars, backwards glasses. <laughs> well, and fucking khaki shorts with fucking flip flops, like a lot mm -hmm. of things that should not happen. So mm, alcohol poisoning. Yeah. Well, these 
boys and these fucking frats get test answers handed to them. They coast through school telling themselves they're doing just as much as everyone else and that they fucking deserve it. They oh, deserve their spot. You're a man. <laughs> and they have their brothers in the frat fucking tell them how, you know, how this is how things are done. Don't worry about it. And all the while not taking, you know, not being accountable for wreaking any fucking havoc and sets them up for a lifetime of being a shitbag and thinking mostly rightfully so that they can get away with it so frats just fucking can die that's my fucking roast yeah i got a i got some gasol gasolina and some some fire and um some masks and definitely not with our logo on them (laughs) we definitely won't roll up in our in our moto jackets or anything done done uh we're gonna play a game it's like (sighs) both my favorite and least favorite game all right. Can we can we set this up as the fact that we used to be the biggest Whedon fangirls out there? I cannot express how deep my love for Buffy runs still to this day. Um, yeah. I've watched the show multiple times. I've done multiple, you know, full viewings of the full show with friends. Like it's been a bonding experience. The show is phenomenal. It's flawed. I see that now. But, you know, it was it was, oh, it didn't, was uh, didn't age the best. It was a pretty influential in my and, life and in yours, too. You liked Firefly, too, right? Love Firefly. Uh, you that. didn't watch Angel, though, right? I did not watch Angel, but I did watch Dollhouse. Like Dollhouse was a ooh, that was like sucker punch the TV show. Yeah. Oh, worse. <laughs> yeah, so it was bad. rough. Um, and then, of course, Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. Yeah, I did watch that. Was a great one. Um, again, we like to fridge the women. But Felicia Day shows up, you know, things have gone astray. No offense, Felicia, but yeah, yeah. You kind of enter shows at a weird time. Um, <laughs> it's pretty sus. But it's, uh, yeah, huge Whedon fan. And then I read all the, I, he didn't have too, too much to do with the continuation of Buffy and the comic books from what I understand, but I still read them and they've like branched out into like Willow and Angel and Spike and all that. And I love it. And the least, the, the less that he has to do with it, apparently the better it is. Yeah. Yeah. But like all things Buffy, like every year in high school, I would have my my thing I would do right before school started was I would get my yearly planner and it'd be a Buffy planner. I'd get it from fucking Mm. uh, Borders books on Maui. And I would be so stoked on it. And I would just it would have like all pictures from like the last season and quotes. And I loved it so fucking much. Yeah, I definitely have way too much Buffy stuff because anytime I run across it, I'm like mine, even if it's way too much and I don't can't afford it. Oh, me too. Um, And for the longest time, too, I didn't realize that I guess in retrospect, brown coats and Firefly are libertarians. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Um, But for the longest time, I had a a, a bumper sticker on my cars that said brown coat with but it was like a a support our troops ribbon. And it was brown. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. So um, anyway. Uh, Joss Whedon sucks. That's a fun realization. So I was going through his list of crimes and I couldn't believe it. And I thought, well, I'll do a fun thing with Kirsten and I will do a fact or fiction where I will read something that may or may not be something that he has done. And you need to guess if that's on the list of his crimes or if I made it up. Okay. Um, this should be easy. 
I feel like I'm pretty abreast. Yeah, I'm pretty good at at misdirection and and and, and lying. Hey, I guess. There. Well, that's not fair. I have ADHD. All you have to do is like <laughs> put a little compact mirror up, and it'll confuse me. That shiny thing. Um. All right. Here's the first one. You ready? Okay. Joss Whedon was accused of trying to break up a relationship of a stunt double and stunt coordinator working on one of his projects. Try to break them up. Yeah. <laughs> that's so messy. Um, I feel like that's below Joss. No, he has bigger fish to fry. That's true. God damn it. That's such a medley like mom thing to do. Former Buffy stunt double Sophia Crawford and stunt coordinator Jeff Pruitt have alleged Whedon tried to break their relationship when they were working on the show. Did he have a crush on her or what's the deal? He just was an asshole. Unclear. He just likes to be uh, the head (sighs) cheese and and flex on people. Perhaps. It probably smells like cheese too. (laughs) Number two. Joss Whedon has been called gross, abusive, and unprofessional. God, yeah, duh. Yes, true. By Ray Fisher. Oh, cyborg. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the Justice League reshoots. Well, you know, don't like Zack Snyder, but at least he wasn't gross, abusive, and unprofessional. All right. True or false? Joss Whedon has attacked an actor after their character surpassed his expected favor with the fans. Oh, I know this one. This was James Marsters, right? Yes, true. James Marsters, who played Spike on Buffy, has revealed Whedon verbally attacked him over his character's unexpected popularity. Didn't we theorize that that's why Seeing Red even came about, that they they had to make uh, Spike unlikable? Yes. And And it's not confirmed, but it's a pretty good theory. It's pretty better than our WandaVision theories. (laughs) Isn't Uh, saying much. All right. True or false? Joss Whedon fired an actress for getting pregnant. For getting pregnant? Um, uh, You know, at this point, true. True. Charisma Carpenter on Angel. That's, oh, wait, we covered that. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like, why is she questioning this? Uh, Yeah. Charisma Carpenter on Angel. Yeah. We we were saying in that uh, season two debut about how Charisma Carpenter had the worst story arc an angel, which really was a bummer because she was an amazing part of that show. And the way that she got taken out was like really jarring and fucked up. And now we know why. I feel like everything that's happening behind the scenes with Joss Whedon somehow makes it in front of the cameras. Right. Or in, in the writer's room. Right. Um, all right. He called her fat, right? Oh, man. He just could not help himself but be just the biggest pig ever but like look at him though like i'm not trying to body shame him but like is he really the one who's gonna throw rocks in the glass house (laughs) yike all right true or false joss whedon pushed beloved female characters into sadistic situations making them suffer and gain power through trauma and use the old barrier gaze trope all in one season of a show all in one season Mm mm-hmm I mean, yes, but what season? Of season what? six of Buffy. Oh, yeah. He nerfed the fuck out of the entire cast. Season six hinges on women gaining power through trauma. Uh, yeah, because that's the only way pe- women can gain powers. Mm-hmm. Just like Black Widow. We see this everywhere with this work. And Dollhouse. And Firefly. And Dr. Horrible. <laughs> well, Dr. Horrible, not so much, but more for the man. Yeah. Ugh, gross. So season six has the um, seeing red episode as well. 
And I mean, it starts with her Buffy having hate sex with with Spike because she hates herself. And then it culminates in her fucking rape scene. A woman who has conquered all and saved the world many times over becomes the victim of sexual assault. Women and Buffy are yanked around constantly and deemed out of control by the men. And if that's not bad enough, Willow fucking becomes the big bad of the season after falling off the deep end of magic following the death of her girlfriend. Tara, And this does play right into the barrier gaze trope. Yeah, absolutely. And it also it closely the first gay representation too that we got. Yeah, and it also 90s, closely 2000s. ties Willow's interest in women and magic to her evil transformation. <sighs> yeah, I never actually thought about that, but we all we, it is interesting that she really didn't get to be queer very long before she became a queer coded, not even queer coded, just a straight up queer villain. All right. Anyway, that was a lot to unpack. Thanks for going on that journey. Also, with me. just like, um, wait, all of, all of these were true. <laughs> no wait there I have more I have more oh okay I, but yeah I mean also just like how witchcraft is very intricately entwined with entwined with womanhood as well and um sapphic culture and for that to be evil is uh, a whole nother book we could write right all right here we go okay true or false Joss Whedon had not one not two but three women die in childbirth on a show wait did he write the prequels and star wars as well <laughs> i mean this seems right i'll say i'll say true true cordelia darla and fred oh and Fr- wait fred was pregnant and angel well who became involuntarily pregnant but that's impregnated right. by a mystical villain well that's not really pregnant oh she got like very dark phoenixed I wouldn't necessarily call that impregnation, but, but yeah, that seems to be a trend. I'm surprised. I feel like if Firefly had gotten renewed that we would have gotten like Inara or someone knocked up and died. It's a theme in his fucking, in his shit. Male characters. Does he have children? I don't know. But male characters grow through each birth and women lose their agency in their lives. Like. Cute. We love that. It's great. All right. Here's another one. Fact or fiction. Joss yeah, Whedon. This, this goes on and on, doesn't it? <laughs> He's got a lot of crimes. Also, I could be making these up. Uh, Joss created a show where the entire premise is women losing their agency. We talked about this at Sucker Punch the TV show, Dollhouse. Dollhouse, where a group of attractive people called dolls sell themselves to secret agency that wipes their memory and lends them to rich people for a variety of reasons. We find out that they didn't really voluntarily do that either, which makes it even grosser. Right. All right. Um, yike. All right. Fact or fiction. Joss Whedon made a superhero into a caretaker for a co-worker and also a monster for their inability to have children. I love the way you worded this. Yes, Black Widow. Yes. Okay, how about this one? True or false? Joss Whedon was banned from being alone in a room with an underage actress on set. Whoa, wait, is this Michelle Trachtenberg? Yeah, true. Yikes. Oh my God, that's He was disgusting. 14. That's two years older than my kid. Disgusting. All right, yeah. one more. Fact or fiction, <laughs> true or false. Joss Whedon threatened to harm an actress's career for pushing back on some dialogue. It's true. Yeah, it's Gal Gadot on the Justice League reshoots. I'm not even oh, surprised. and he also talked shit about Patty Jenkins to Gal on the set. I mean, maybe he was mad that his Wonder Woman script was shit canned. 
Oh yeah, that was a nightmare. Um, but to be fair, I also talk shit on Patty Jenkins, so for different reasons, because I care, not because I'm a pig man. I mean, not because you're trying to belittle and diminish uh, another Women. woman. I mean, she's he, another yeah. woman. Yeah. yeah, I thought you were talking about Joss. I'm like, wait, did I miss some more Joss, dude? <sighs> no. Um. All right. Yeah, so what? you won. You got you got most of those right because they like, were all correct. They were all. He said them all. One of them seemed really monotonous and small, but apparently he's not above that as well. He's a very small man. Now, a word from our sponsor. With a name you can trust, FierceUnicorns.com is a place where you can buy comfortable face masks that are curated, thoughtfully designed, and delicious. If you are a goat. (laughs) FierceUnicorns.com sells fabulous apocalypse gear like stickers handmade face masks, and print-on-demand apparel, like a shirt that looks like LaCroix, but says LeCunt instead. You know, wholesome rags. Every Friday is Fierce Friday, where the queers... Hey, you can't say that. The queers in charge post a new design or two, and it's been a fun, necessary project for them, ever since the pandemic targeted them specifically and took their income. And punched it in the butthole. Right in the butthole. Use code OBVIOUS at checkout to get yourself a slick 15% off and help us squeeze more money per episode out of the male gaze. G-A-Y-S, pun intended. Pun intended. Today is a real treat for me. We have the director of marketing at Drop Labs. She tells stories at the intersection of culture and technology and ties social activism into her work. She's one of my dearest friends from my New York City fashion days. Angela Wynn, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, guys. Sandra, so good to see your face. Kirsten, really great to meet you. You can't really see my face because Cynthia made me sit away from my mic. Yeah, it's just like Mike with a with a green wig. Yeah, I think that's all it is, honestly. Could sub in very easily. <laughs> I so I'm not previously friends with you, but I hope I am now. And I would like to ask you some questions. Yes, shoot. So how did you come into the tech world, especially as a woman? And what has that experience been like? So um you know, obviously Cynthia and I used to work together in the fashion industry and that's where I started my career many moons ago. And, um, I don't know if Sam, you went through this, but I think a lot of people that are in fashion for around the 10 year mark start to question like their life's work and like, what does this all mean? And if they're going to, you know, this, there must Am be I doing more, more harm life. than good. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we kind of, I had to ask a couple of hard questions. Um, for myself and see if I was really meant to stick in this very, or at the time, very, I think still is toxic environment. So I exited New York and kind of like shut that door to fashion. And um, I'm from the Bay area. I grew up in Silicon Valley and tech is something that I kind of grew up with and was very familiar with. I didn't know how to get into it. So I was like, you know, I'm sort of go back to school and buy myself two years. So I got my MBA um, not really having a direction, but just knowing that I somehow wanted to go into tech. But within that, I feel like I was like targeting impact technology. So like I um, started to work at Tesla Motors and by way of fashion, if, oddly enough. So like they um, have like a lifestyle apparel um, line, like really? their t-shirts and their Wait, lifestyle, their <laughs> lifestyle, uh, <laughs> lifestyle products and apparel line. Yeah. I was like, sign me up. That sounds very Moschino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, so 
you know, because of my fashion background, they um, brought me in to do a consulting project with them with their apparel and again, lifestyle products, doing marketing strategy for them. And I was like kind of hooked. I was like, okay, even though I'm not doing anything tech, I still am in this environment. I want more. I wanted to know like how, how deeper I can go while I was in school. Um, I did co-found a healthcare startup, like with a classmate of mine. And, um, so it basically, you know, we were like a tech feasibility class. Basically you do a startup as like your class assignment. And it just kept on growing. <laughs> That's so low key. It's <laughs> bad a business. It's yeah, not, and, but like deal. I mean, it, uh, honestly, we're we were trying to solve this like healthcare problem, like and, and basically give access to healthcare like via concierge medicine. Um, and so I, w- I wanted to go back to Tesla after I graduated, but I actually ended up continuing with the startup that lasted for a couple of years, and so. Um, you know, from fashion to Tesla to it, my, my, my history, my work history is a little convoluted now, but I think the, the thread line that kind of ties it all together is that like, it is all impact technology after fashion, everything I've done so far has been like some greater good mission and it revolves around tech. So I, after I exited my healthcare company, um, I went back into the EV space. I worked that canoe, which is another electric vehicle company. And then now at drop labs. And again, it's like a, you know, just, we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, but yeah. it's basically a haptic sneaker, um, that's meant for entertainment, fun, whatever, but there's like so much more impact, like, um, that goes into it. Like we, we treat PTSD patients. We work with, um, EMDR therapists. We do human performance testing. Like there's a lot of science and stuff that Whoa. goes behind the scenes. Then like the fun stuff that you see on the website, which is like gaming and movies and music and more. I mean, like, that's all the fun stuff, but like, truly, we're, I feel like we're doing something that makes difference. You're nerfing my segue. Cause I was going <laughs> to ask you about the gaming <laughs> and how yeah. you make it an inclusive, immersive experience at Drop Labs. Sure. So, um, for instance, the the shoe itself, like I can just show you quickly. Um, it's just we like can, we can describe it because it's oh, just audio. No, 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 it's cool. I haven't seen it. I want to see it. Okay, I want to well, see it. It's this. So it looks like a regular old sneaker, right? Mm-hmm. And like the whole point is because we, you know, we this sort of theory of invisible tech where you um, can have this experience or have a helpful device in something that is like in a common form factor, as opposed to wearing a device that like calls attention to whatever it is. Like, so if you're like, there's a lot of like vests or headband or things that you wouldn't normally wear and like, and it works for some people. And some people they are like, I don't want to draw attention to it. I just want to like, I, I want to have this experience, um, anonymously or whatever. Right. You don't want to look like you came right out of back to the future. Yeah, exactly. And there, and there's some people who totally do, but then, you know, for, for a far majority, it's like, that's not really the I like case. To, I like to live my life. Like I'm in the next Blade Runner. Yes. And I think, yeah, I, I, I actually have someone follow me around it with a bucket of water and slowly <laughs> drop it on me. <laughs> um, but basically we turn, there's like a little button and you turn it on and it activates wow. you and there's haptic technology like that's in the soul. Oh, wow. like in the and basically what it is, is that whatever your 
listening to or whatever audio is, is accompanying, like what you're you know, watching, you're playing, you're listening to, it is a vibe, it's a haptic feedback or vibration in the shoe. So if you're like listening to like EDM or, or music or reggae, whatever, like you'll feel those beats. If you're what? playing a video game, you'll feel those bullets. Um, if you're watching a movie, you'll feel that, you know, like Godzilla, like running behind you or whatever, you'll feel whatever the action is. Because like, again, if, as long as there's an audio component, that's you know that's what translates to the shoe okay but how does this tie into skynet because i feel like when the robots <laughs> get mad enough and take over these shoes are gonna be the first thing the first wave of defense or you know what? yeah maybe they'll um so i feel like they're still for good <laughs> well, for now i mean you're totally oof. right i yeah. feel like maybe it's the first line of defense because we'll know We'll know because the shoes will know. The yes. shoes will know. <laughs> the shoes know. I know. Exactly. I want to hear more about you leaving the fashion industry and what that felt like for you. Cause I know that was, it was pretty, I mean, I don't want to say I've left it entirely cause I haven't, no. but yeah. um, even the little bit I did just leaving New York was kind of traumatic. Yes. You know, it was like, because that the New Yorkness, even though I'm a Cali girl and the fashion like was so much a part of my identity. Like I literally defined, I was like, I'm a stylist from New York. The, yeah. I mean, it was so, I didn't know who the hell I was. And I was trying to honestly leap onto the next closest thing for comfort. And, so, you know, weirdly, um, when you apply for school, whatever you have to like, basically in your essays, why you'd be a good candidate and what your future plans are. And so like the, easiest thing for me to say was like, Oh, I want to go into, into entertainment. That's why I want to be in LA. And that's why I want to go into school because it's like fashion entertainment is a hop, skip, and a jump away. And it just makes sense. And when I, you know, went into entertainment, meaning I went into like those classes and like those field trips and, and, and had informationals, I was like, this is the fucking exact same thing, but just mm-hmm. another, another skin. It and absolutely like, is. Yeah. I'm like, fuck that. Like, I don't want anything to do with any, and it really confirmed because I have that reaction. It confirmed that like my decision, I was actually kind of like, even though I was really sad and depressed about it and it didn't help that, um, you know, when we were during our come up, like social media wasn't a thing. Like we weren't allowed to like go behind, like, you know, share behind the scenes type stuff. Like that would be a red flag on our professionalism, right? If we were like sharing like behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So um, I was know, literally so- taking a photo while you were saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Kirsten runs our social media, so. It's very meta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it, and it didn't help that like when, after I left, like that's when, you know, social media and, and being part of the fashion industry and like glorif- like glamorizing it was so huge. And I was like, I can't keep seeing this anymore in my feed. It was like, yes. kind of it still is to me. It still yeah. is to me. It's, it's yeah. horrible. It's horrible. It's yeah. really, really hard. And even though like I am still working in it, I want to say, I mean, but LA is such a different experience from New York, but you're right. Like I do do more, you know, celebrity here than I did Mm-hmm. in New York. So it is more of the entertainment, but it's the exact same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard to see because b- people are only showing, you know, the, fun stuff. the yeah. fun stuff. The job sucks for the most part. It's hard as fuck. Yes. Like people don't understand. It's not like all these like stylists or makeup artists mm-hmm. on YouTube and, and living their life in front of the camera. It's not that 99.9% of the time. It's uh-huh. fucking grueling work. <laughs> yeah being treated I like still, shit. I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to like 
whatever. I, I'm going to just say, I still, I respect her hustle and her game and what she's done, but I still, and how she's transformed the industry, the styling industry, but I still somewhat blame Rachel Zoe for the demise <laughs> of styling because it was like, I mean, she really glamorized the work of the, of like the hairstylist, the makeup artist and the stylist, the photographer, whatever, like, dude, remember how many Ikea bags of fucking shit I have to carry around my mm-hmm. bag? And like, you'd be like, no disrespect. Like you'd wheel up with your little, like your little kit and I'd be like, fuck you. Like, are you kidding me? Um, so it just, it was, you can edit this out or whatever. No, no, no. I love this for a second, <laughs> yeah. but you know, like because of, of, of the Zoe project, um, I felt like everyone was like, I'm going to be a stylist. And like, I'm just going to like have daddy's credit card and like do tests and go to um, New Marcus and just buy, you know, looks, Gucci looks like 46, 47, whatever, runway looks all top to bottom. And then that's styling now. Yeah. I'm just like, no, dude, like that's not styling. And like, um, you know, it, it was, I think she's, you know, saturated a market with a bunch of, of girls who, again, great to grow because like the rising tide raises all ships, but like at the rates that we were having to work at, like Ooh. not really. I always yeah. thought that Rachel Zoe was like the was the much older uh, sibling of the Olsen sisters. <laughs> I, you know what? That is like such a bomb ass theory. I think <laughs> she would. It's throw. like has something to do with um, Jamine Ramsey. I'm not sure. <laughs> But something's see, going on there. She's gonna have a board behind her with all yeah. the, the red string, like mm-hmm. finding them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Baby, baby Jessica in the well. Wow, it's, it's all coming together. A stylist it's coming together. I don't know if you felt this, but for me too, working in the fashion industry constantly made me feel like I was a shitty person, but also a shitty woman because of, I mean, even to this day in my brain, when I look at pictures, um, I mean, going through model, Mm -hmm. uh, going through modeling, oh God, what the fuck are they called now? Uh, Packages. Yeah. And going like, nope, too big, too small, nose too big. I don't want brown eyes. I I mean, it makes you horrible. It just trains your brain to be horrible. And zero imperfections, right? It's awful. It's awful. I will say like, it was really strict because like there was like the body positivity, positivity movement, whatever you want to call it, barely was, wasn't around when we no, were. not at all. Know. So at least that there's, there's some movement there. And plus like, um, at least like I will say in the, any of the campaigns I've done with the work I've done after fashion have not, have all been maybe lifestyle, but they've, they've been like with real, at least real people, right. like not like, you know, IMG, you know, booklets or whatever, and choose like girl, blah, blah, blah. Like one redhead, one Asian, one blonde, one brunette. You know what I mean? Like, and, but you're able to have that diversity. Whereas back then it was ridiculous. It was like pulling teeth to try and yeah. get any model that wasn't from yeah. Slovenia, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. hey those girls are pretty nice. 13 years old, fresh off yeah. the boat from Romania. Like, that was it. Yeah, it was was, tough. Yeah. But some of those girls become first lady, so. (laughs) (laughs) Who's laughing now? Oh, we're all crying now, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Who's Who's crying now? (laughs) Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, pretty. uh... It's actually a karaoke podcast. (laughs) 
Um, Thank God it's not. This is a great time to segue into the Asian experience, right? Is there (laughs) any good way to segue? Um, I would just, I'd love to hear more about that. And especially with everything that's happening lately in the news and around the world um, and kind of what's running through your brain and what your experience is. So, you know, it's, it's obviously I'm, I'm, sort of beside myself i've been up and down of crying and anger like obviously nothing positive but like super super angry um trying not to get bitter but really having a hard time like staying away from the bitter side of the the spectrum and i remember because like again i'm from the bay area um and I, I went to school where I wasn't there. Not that there was a huge Asian population. Like I kind of thought it was a white for a long time, but I, I don't recall any Asian or racism against me personally. And, and everywhere I've lived, I've always been in metropolitan areas where that's never been the conversation or I've been in, in environments or careers where like, again, like welcome with open, like open arms, like fashion, like it's so diverse. Um, at least on the behind the scenes, behind the scenes, diverse, the front of the scenes, not so much, but you know, I never really had any issues with it. And I love being Asian American. Like I honestly, you know, maybe for a short one of time might've wanted to have blue eyes and blonde hair when I was a kid. But outside of that, like, I really do appreciate and love being Asian American and think that sort of like, dude, like we can, I just have so much pride for it. And, um, recently all this that's happened recently is making me feel I don't know what it is. It's like, obviously I'm fearful. I'm super concerned. And like, I have a a partner, he's, um, you know, he's not Asian, he's white, but like, we have to talk about like what this means. Like if, and when we have kids, like, I'm like, this conversation like is not going away. If anything, it's getting worse. Like I, I didn't, this is like way worse than any sort of racism I might've heard about when I was a kid. And the fact that it gets worse every single day, like really makes me, um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm really beside myself. on like how to feel about it. Just when I think that we're going to turn a corner, like it just gets back, we get, it gets pushed down again. And what's upsetting is there's always been sort of like this, um, layer of, you know, Asian excellence has been able to rise time, you know, here and there, but the waves always get capped somewhere. Right. Um, it's like the model minority. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, with a lot of things that like, there's some, let's say representation in Hollywood. So between like some of the really great things that have happened recently, those celebrations are so short lived because like the next day, the next hour, the next six hours, another crime's committed against an Asian. And so it's like, what the hell, like, are like, like the, the moments of joy that we're, we get to have, like we can't even have for that long. It's really sad. And, um, I actually, um, it's, it's pre-selling today. Um, if you don't mind me plugging a personal project of mine, Please. but my, uh, my friend, um, D she, I went to fashion school with her. She has like this really great line called district clothing that is predominantly like political messaging or like just very like current event focused messaging on t-shirts, like hats, whatever, um, that kind of swag. And so she, um, collaborated with me and another Asian friend of mine, AG to do a t-shirt and we're going to raise awareness for anti-Asian hate, but also to like proceeds will go to an AAPI um, charity. And the shirt just says like, I'm from here. And like, I didn't want, we didn't want to be like, we didn't want 
the word hate, like stop Asian hate or anything, you know, very overly Asian, but like that is so like that resonates with so many people outside of just being Asian. Like anyone can wear that shirt. Like I'm from here. Like how many times have you been in the cabin? It's like, where are you from? And it's like, I don't know if you've experienced that, but it just sort of like, I'm from here. You know what I mean? I really proud of it. It's very simple, but very powerful. So that comes out today. What is with the, like the need to have to categorize and uh, file people away all the time, or it's just kind of like, that's a freaking person who cares. I don't freaking know. I honestly don't know. And sometimes I feel like, I mean, because a lot of times it'll be in a cab or just like conversation. Like, I feel like perhaps they don't even know, like part of it's like, perhaps they don't even know, or or I'm reading into it. I think other times, like they're actually trying to figure out like what Asian I am or whatever. Right. I, and, and so what, like, okay, like, let's say, let's say, you know, that I'm Vietnamese now. And like, what does that even mean to you? Or how does it affect how does your that life? change anything? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's like they're, they're going onto the internet to try to find offensive <laughs> Vietnamese jokes just in case. It's so Jeez. bizarre. Cause I would never think to ask that for anyone else. Right. Like, what kind of white are you Kirsten? Yeah. <laughs> um, toilet. Um, with a dash of uh, mayo demon, mm. mayo demon, and um, cyanide. You're freaking hilarious, by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you and two other people think so. One of them is my, one of them is my dad. Aww. he just bought a, a mug from us. He did. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, it was funny I bought a mug for him. I didn't send it. I think he got tired of waiting for it. Oh. <laughs> we love it when our oh. parents buy podcast swag. Speaking yeah. of parents. You know, I know that you had a very public egg, egg freezing journey that you had oh, on yes, Instagram yes. and you did articles about it. And what did that mean to you? Like, I know that, I mean, a lot of people want to keep that kind of thing private, but you were very like, hey, this is happening. This happens to a lot of people. This is mm-hmm. the journey. This is the struggle. The point of Instagram for me is like, it's a visual diary. It's a user-friendly visual diary. Like it, like all the kind of like hooks are there. And so for my egg freezing stuff, like part of it was um, for me to just journal it myself or keep it the information for myself. If ever I needed to re- refer back to it, it wouldn't be in some obscure folder on my desktop or whatever. Like I can just be like, oh, it's on this page or whatnot. And I, I remember like taking a poll in the beginning of my process, kind of like, if it's interest anyone like do you want me to make this separate page because I didn't want to be I didn't want it um to be mixed in with my personal stuff and so I got like an overwhelming yes like make it a separate thing and um make it public if you want blah 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 so I did that and um part of it I mean honestly I I I'm really glad I did I've I to this day, I mean, this happened like 20 what 17 I think mm-hmm. or 2018. To this day I still get people being like this was very helpful, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I still meet people from it um, or people re- re- will reference it. And yeah. And like randomly like HuffPost, New York Post, Inc. I or no, no time um, did articles that like referenced me in my, my blog or my, my handle or whatever. And as far as what it meant to me, I mean, it's freedom, honestly. Um, I'm, even though I look, snatch as hell <laughs> I'm gonna be of a certain age and so I was like I gotta got I gotta get this done like there was like no um and it wasn't like I'm, I mean I'm not on this like hunt to get married and have kids like I honestly don't want any of that right now mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah 
I mean, yeah. if I, if you I don't was... want none of this Dewey Cox. Well, it frees you up too, like to not yeah. even not oh, have that be in the forefront of your Freeze. Yeah. Oh, jeez, lady. But it's also, so like, sad. I've I've referenced it too. I've had friends that have you know been talking about going on that journey or or, yes. or you know or, or on that path, and I've referenced your you know I've sent them nice. you know articles you've been in, and I've sent them to your your Instagram because it's it's truly to me it felt groundbreaking and revolutionary so many women's topics we tend to like put a cap Mm -hmm. on and we don't talk about that like you know like you know like 10 years i'm probably going to be going through menopause and i don't know shit about that like (laughs) nobody talks about it you know yeah yeah it's like also the fact that it's called men opause (laughs) yeah men again the patriarchy the patriarchy when we could be having a pastryarchy Ooh, pastries (laughs) yeah we failed of all the things we could choose yeah, it was, um, I mean, and I was very candid too, like, and transparent with pricing and yeah. all that stuff. So, I mean, I've had a very good response from it. And, um, and I think honestly, because my, I wonder my, my whole process and journey and outcome were all very positive. Like I got like great number of eggs, blah, blah, blah. Like everything was like super rainbow shiny. Mm-hmm. I wonder what if, if it weren't, how mm-hmm. I, you know how I would feel about being so open and raw about right. it? Who, right. who knows? Like, I mean, I happen to just—I'm like a huge advocate for the process. Like, anytime someone's like, "Should I?" I'm like, "Yes." Like, if if you have the if you have the financial means to do it, because again, it's healthcare in America fucking sucks, and like that's not—it's uh, a luxury, honestly. If you have the means to do it, I would highly suggest that you do it, just in case. And like, let's say I don't need it. Um, then maybe it can donate the eggs to someone else who knows, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And also your peace of mind and your, Mm -hmm. you know, it opening up, you know, your world for these years. I mean, that's priceless. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm pressured to like, you know, had I, had I, how do I say this nicely? Had had I um, not done that and like felt the pressure to like have a baby with the person I was with at the time, it would have been no. <laughs> no, 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 well, I want to, I want to know what your Instagram handles, your social media, your website, uh, where we can find the project that's, that's dropping, um, all that. So my personal Instagram is Ange, AKA scrap because I'm scrappy. Um, but like my egg freezing one is, is sunny side Ange, I think. Yeah. Oh. Ange. <laughs> um, and then uh, my, so the company I work for drop labs, it's droplabs.com and our handles are all like, you know, drop labs um, on Instagram, Twitch. Facebook. I'm literally adding all of them right now. Okay. <laughs> You're very convincing. Um, <laughs> She's doing it. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah. And uh, what was the last thing? Oh, the shirt. Then, yeah. So district of clothing, I believe will be up later today, but it'll be the um, I'm from here t-shirt um, on district of clothing.com. Yeah. I'm, I can't wait to wear it. Like I really, really can't wait. I'm like, is it ready yet? She's like, pre-sale starts tomorrow or pre-sale starts today. I'm like, okay. But, um, I just feel like even if you're not Asian, like it will resonate with a bunch of people. I'm going to buy it and go back home to Hawaii. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Thank you so much for being on the show, Angela. You are a treat and I'm so proud of everything that you're doing. Thank it's you so, much. so wonderful just to yeah. see everything you're doing. I love it. I'm proud too. Oh my gosh. And yeah, I, I find your, um, I love this podcast and like your account is hilarious on Instagram, by the way. Oh, that's like all fun. Kirsten. The podcast Instagram is all her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hilarious. I'm garbage. Special thanks to our guest and my super friend, Angela Wynn. What a fucking delight. Check out our website, mastersoftheobvious.com for new episodes, news, and merch. Our Instagram at Masters of the Obvious, Facebook at Masters of the Obvious, and Twitter at Masters of the O. And if you'd like to be a patron of our show, you can go to contribute dot masters of the obvious.com and if you'd like we'll even mention you on the show but if you want to remain anonymous we understand we don't want to be associated with us either please don't forget to leave a glowing review on apple podcasts and to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on to get notifications for new episodes thank you for listening and we love you like a lot Xanadu? <laughs>